section three of the mob violence and the american negro my experience in the sunny south by Veli lester this librivox recording is in the public domain in hattiesburg the treatment of the right kind of men with the same and how to make friends of all men leaving behind me all that i knew among negroes of mississippi's capital city i soon found myself among strangers in a strange land as the giant engine made its way and time rolled on in a short time we arrived at hattiesburg mississippi here i found many colored people having all the comforts of life colored people good and bad men and women as both are in the world together and cannot be entirely separated until the day of the general judgment when jesus will make the separation the first occurrence on my arrival there was the meeting of a stranger who led me to a white restaurant for luncheon which was served in a paper bag from the kitchen on my way back to the train he said to me as i find you to be a gentleman kind sir i present to you this pint of old blank my friend said i i will declare to you that i never tasted that kind of a drink in my life i am a temperance man a teetotaler kind sir in all things intoxicating he said sir pardon me i thought you was a preacher why my kind sir do preachers drink whisky he answered all i deal with do i then handed him one of my books on temperance truthfulness and honesty as i heard the conductors all aboard i boarded the train looking before me i saw the head of a white gentleman whom i knew said i good morning mr porter why hello there lester how are you this morning thanking him kindly in my accustomed way with good manners of etiquette he handed me his hand giving me that friendly grip of a pure-blooded anglo-saxon that boasts of its purity to which i gladly responded as a son of ham said he where are you going lester to gulfport i replied where are you going mr porter i'm going to gulfport to try to purchase some property lester so am i mr porter said i about that time the train started off and i said to him i will see you in the city mr porter okay lester he replied i rushed up caught on to my car and the giant engine ploughed on through space until evening when we arrived at the long-wished-for city and port now the first thing that attracted my attention was the beautiful station-house with separate waiting-rooms for two races of people and everything beautifully arranged on my arrival at gulfport and what i experienced in the sunny south at the hotel the proprietor a fine and courteous gentleman running a first-class business with no blind tiger connected to the left a fine dining-room with beautiful fruit pictures on the walls and polished tables to serve the guests in the pantry was everything to be found that was palatable and nourishing for a visitor after getting ready for lunch and partaking of some of the dainties made one fall in love with the hostess they then carried me to the second floor and presented me to a seat on the front gallery for thirty minutes i enjoyed the cool breeze and looked southward over the great waters of the deep and seeing the giant ships playing their part through the mighty waters 
after this i was assigned to my room where i made a change in costume and prepared for the church which was only a short distance over the sandy street to make i heard an able sermon by a black man i returned to the hotel and rested from my labors i wakened on the morning of the eighth of august on the gulf coast in only a few hundred feet of land between the great waters and me everybody seemed to be happy on their way to their work whistling humming and laughing then i was forced to say surely this was the happiest place that i had ever seen good many people get mad when you awake them early in the morning but way down in dixie it makes them jubilant and jolly at nine o'clock i met my man mr porter the white man that i mentioned at hattiesburg was one hello lester good morning mr porter he had once said to his friend when i was asking the people of lester or if they knew of his whereabouts did i misrepresent him as far as you can see mr lewis i told you that he was a man and far beyond the average in looks dress manners behavior costume intelligence and a fine-looking colored man mr lewis's answer was he is all o okay, k and i find him only for business so I, I like that of lester now boys let us go mr porter you sit behind and let lester sit by me so we got into the carriage drove through the city mr lewis took great pains in showing me all of his property in that section of the city the manufactories and all of the improvements both school and churches and the homes of the noted negress of that part of the state now lester i'm going out this evening and i would be glad for you to go with me owing to a previous engagement mr lewis i'm sorry that i cannot go when can you go i will go tuesday morning all right i will look for you come down to my home lester for breakfast we eat about seven thirty thank you mr lewis so i took a car went speeding along a beautiful beach finally the conductor came to me and said where are you going i want to get off at mr i e lewis all okay how will i know i said to the conductor you will find his house to have a brick basement large columns of a very choice style a fine building painted white with a pair of steps extending to the second story twenty thousand dollar building thank you sir i found mr lewis as the gentleman had said i met him as the same courteous white man as he was long ago which had only made him king mr lewis told the old colored man to hitch up the single buggy now we will be off we took in the farming sections of the truck farmers as much as we could cover by one o'clock met one truck farmer who had in four years paid for one hundred and sixty acres of land paying from twenty five dollars to fifty dollars per acre and during this time he had banked fifty three thousand dollars to his credit august eight another man had in one year made nine hundred dollars on one acre of land and so on and many other things i might write you of my experience but i have not the time now but i will when i have more time now back to mr lewis when we got to his home i wanted to go right on to my boarding-house no you must stay and get dinner so i did at this beautiful home away down in dixie and on long beach and in this fine house is where i had the privilege of dining and trying 
the finest tribe for all of its worth than the winged tribe for its fullest value sweet potatoes cornbread beans cabbage lettuce beets and so on were raised on his farm i certainly enjoyed my trip to the gulf coast mr lewis is a real estate dealer and a gentleman so mr lewis and i came back to the business section of the city together on the street car i went out on the pier owned by mr jones of the g n s i railroad saw many vessels loaded and unloaded from foreign countries and there was employment for many of our men working for reasonable wages leaving the pier we went back to the business section found everything rushing so many opportunities for the young negro in this coming city will be some day one of the greatest of this country as long as i stayed in the city i was made welcome in every phase of business by both white and black i talked with the businessmen and i found out that they wanted men and not a thing on the gulf coast they would give anything to get rid of the loafers the liars and the thieves good-bye mr lewis so we parted glad to know that they are shipping the bad elements by degrees if you are for business you are welcomed by all i left on wednesday for new orleans louisiana visited the great pythian temple immediately after my arrival in the city and found there a fine kept garden for the pleasure and enjoyment of the people i found in this building some of our great men in their offices i was introduced to a great many of the leading white men there they all gladly received the introduction to a temperance man i stayed until sunday then leaving thinking i had done all the good that i could standing up for that which i thought to be right in the name of the lord i went back to gulfport over the ellen inn railroad i met a man who was a stranger though he invited me to his home wanted me to lecture in the protracted meeting which was going on i accepted the invitation thinking i could do the people some good by so doing i went with the brother to his town found it a fine-looking little village then the conveyance of his own took me to his country home as we were going one had to wait for something so a man came up to me and said hello my friend do you know where you are i told him that i did not you do not unless you have been here before have you no sir this is my first visit you know where the word christmas gift came from now sir i answered him when god first met the devil the devil said good morning god the lord said good morning devil the devil said to the lord christmas gift so the lord said i will give you certain countries in mississippi and this is one of them and this has been hell ever since was the answer to the man well i guess that i am like the old preacher that went off into the high grass to study his sunday sermon and went to sleep as most colored people will do when they begin to read the bible while the old man was asleep some boys went all around the old man and set the grass on fire and when the old man awoke and finding the fire all around him he said in a loud voice been preaching forty years this day i have awoke in hell at last no more than what i had expected now i must make my way out just about this time the driver drove off about one twenty o'clock that night of august fourteenth monday morning mr hayes took me in his buggy and carried me to the m b c 
five or six miles further into the country away in the furthermost part of heathenism two preachers preached called for money and opened the doors of the church and then closed it i suppose for the next service as at three p m they declared that the doors would be opened by brother moore mr hayes told brother walls that he had a distinguished brother who possessed a great deal of experience whom he wanted to introduce to the people of our vicinity all okay responded the brother so the good man took great care in reading my card to the congregation saying what he could for a stranger in my behalf brother walls was seated there were several white people on the outside i extended a special invitation to them asking them to come in and be seated and they did so i began by congratulating the two ministers for the able sermons which they had preached then i asked the congregation to bear with me for five or ten minutes i first called the attention of the parents to the filling up of their penitentiary and state farms by our boys and girls and how fast that the number was growing to two thousand in forty-five years in one little state will you allow me my dear friends to tell you publicly how to stop this yes 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 was the answer the first thing to do is to examine yourself and see how you are spending your life before your sons and daughters first lying on my neighbors and their families breaking peace and happiness in any home which i can prey upon will not pay my honest debts hating the brother who is trying to live right and provide for his family if one will save his or her earnings and come in possession of a respectable home and will not allow you to go and make a carpet of his loved ones you who will not have anything will go to the people telling them lies on this good man in order to get him run out of the country or to lynch him won't you do this answer yes then again some of you will go to the courts and swear lie against your brother or sister won't you yes yes so by this time you are studying all the time how to steal the name of some poor virtuous individual that you to be teaching how to stand up for the right and never to surrender to wrong you will go into the white people's houses i mean these old negro women because that mistress will give you a cup of coffee and you will tell her everything that ever has happened in your part of the country for forty-five years back on the negro you don't know how much in order to make it interesting when you run out then you begin to lie and they come thick and fast let it hurt whoever it may chewing dipping and drinking coffee then lying on your brother is your profession why don't you be as the good white people stand up for the right and die before you will surrender to wrong things then you will not mistreat anything which belongs to your race character property livestock fowls land good name and nothing to hurt him he thinks that he is rich what a pity let him be rich make him rich for one rich negro in a community is worth all of the worthless negroes in the state not only that if you will be honest and keep your good name then your sons and daughters can marry in that rich man's family oh what a blessing it is for a negro to be rich when you are living on a farm where no one but negroes live you can easily lie to the white people and cause trouble now my friends that is why our sons and daughters are going so fast to shame and ruin it is because nothing from nothing leaves nothing and this class 
which i might describe as jailbirds are the descendants of such characters clean honest christian gentlemen and ladies can raise children of such a character that will inherit the earth i will bless them to the third and fourth generation if you will keep my commandments saith the lord and i will curse them if they fail to keep them love the lord thy god with all thy heart soul might and strength and their neighbours as thyself do you do this god means brethren that you must love the white man the red man and the yellow man regardless of colour love him do all the good that you can for them and do by them as you would for them to do unto you i know that it seems that some white people hate a black man though that is none of your business you love him just the same jesus said for us to love one another for you will have to come unto judgment only for yourself so how can you keep from loving the white man of your own sunny south and of the far north east and west the white man sailed upon the trackless blue sea to the jungles of africa at the risk of his own life found you perfectly wild and clothed in ignorance not even knowing of a true and living god so he took you up in filth and in chains brought you from that dark continent into this world of light and told you of the true and living god for many years after keeping you for many years in slavery he saw that was not pleasing in god's sight to hold you as such then the civil rights bill was passed which caused many to die upon the battlefields and culminated into the greatest emancipation of the world then again think what a true friend the white man has been to us for which the intelligent negroes thank him for such favours we were set free and finding ourselves without food clothing and shelter my brethren just think for a moment when i was hungry who was it that gave me food the white man when i was naked who was it that gave me clothes the white man of course the white man of course when i had no home who was it that sold me land when i had no money who loaned me the necessary means by which to meet my obligations the white man of course when i was sick who administered unto me when i was uncouth and ignorant who taught me the white man if the white man turns his back on you love him just the same for the southern whites have been our friends let us stand by the ones that have proven themselves to be worthy of our support god will bless you he is still helping to build your churches in order that our people may be better citizens christians thereby becoming more friendly towards the white man there are many negroes who are willing to stand up for the right and die for the maintenance of the good names of the blessed saints of our country let it be black or white we don't mean to protect a man any longer when he is in the wrong but we mean to die for the right we want to do all the good we can to put an end to blind tigers lying loafing stealing and other bad things may be dispatched from our land we the better negroes of the sunny south love the name the land the climate the home and the people of the south and we acknowledge that this is the place for the black man and we ask you for your protection as citizens of this country of yours and ours now my friends you must pardon me for my scattering remarks the thing that i am trying to impress upon your minds is that the negroes of the south have more land money and homes the smartest men and who are prepared for any vocation of life than any other state in the union so we are living in the right place if you will only learn to be pure and not full of deceit be a man stand up for that which is only right and don't surrender to the wrong to any man but die first be true to your trust protect the virtue 
and the good name of your women teach your daughters that when they have lost their good name they are then fit for nothing but to be trodden under the feet of men i hope that the time will soon come when i can lecture to you i hope that all confusion may soon come to an end this moment or very soon and that sweet peace forever may be yours after this i received many a hearty handshake from the brothers and sisters four or five white men stayed in the building and finally made their way to me grasped my hands one the left and the other the right they said to me we want you to lecture again on to-morrow your lecture is the best i ever heard for the benefit of the present situation and to harmonize the two races god bless you i hope and trust that my mother may be fortunate enough to hear you i will bring her to-morrow i am going to bring my family to-morrow said one and another one said i am certainly going to bring the girls and so on were the encouraging remarks made by the white men on tuesday sixteenth i lectured there were many whites enough to fill the church men and ladies had a glorious time my subject was how and the only way we can live to raise noble sons and daughters this thrilled the hearts of many who had tried to live right and for the benefit of the time that we now live and for future generations for a man to do this he must be a clean man and temperate in all things and learn to do things that will be a benefit to himself or someone else abstain from chewing tobacco smoking burning up your daily earnings and dipping snuff is one of the most disgusting things that a man can practise then again think of it there is nothing in it but a source by which my money goes from me and my family and no one benefited then again chewing dipping and smoking are not decent it is merely an old idle habit that our people took up when they had nothing else to do now at this age if you go to learn this filthy habit some boy or girl will be weakened and their way to a higher sphere in life will be thwarted and in the near future you will have to look up to your superiors by borrowing money to pay your bills in order to hold up your good name any economical man could readily fill your wants because he does not burn up his money neither chew and spit it on the ground you cannot afford to support a blind tiger gentlemen but you must try to get them from among us there is only one way to do this and that is for the church to stop patronizing such individuals and if the preachers teachers and members of the different churches will stop buying these filthy dregs why the blind tigers will close and have to go out of business there is nothing to benefit you in the rum traffic and drunkenness shame on a man who will be a habitual buyer from an unlawful retailer which is a violation of the law you should not support it such indulgence only prepares our sons and daughters for a degraded walk of life cease to lose self-respect for parents friends and god then let us try to stop such a practice by standing up for the right and not surrender to the wrong be men stand up for christ for he invites you in to that mansion of rest if you will only labor for him now my dear friends let us love one another and be true to the trust and live as god would have us to live then again think of the effects that whisky has upon our people it is no friend to you it takes your money from you injures your mind to a great extent at times it puts you in a state of unconsciousness so that you don't know your mother thus losing self-control of your own body and mind oh what a pity you can't see this is no friend to you when rum boasts to the devil telling him it will get that trustee class leader steward or deacon of that church 
if you will make old john believe that he can get rich by exposing me only to the members of the church and the members of the lodge odd fellows masons pythians woodmen knights of honour and these other little orders which we have oh oh brother what a mistake that you are making when you force the mind to be bent upon such stuff a damnable poison to destroy manhood and womanhood you must suffer for it if your children will suffer the consequences and convicts will be made of your sons and your daughters thus chaining hand and foot for a degraded walk in life what can you promise good for your people but a degraded career in life when you carry them and put them in the path that leads to evil doings oh what a blessing when men can see their mistakes in life and will love right in the place of wrong will you be for christ if so be a hero stand up for the right and never surrender to the wrong thing god bless you all i thank you end of section three